0: It's Monday, which can only mean one thing. It is time to talk about ghosts with I. Yes, Curve. Hi. That sounded like a, like I was going to burst into a rap. I wasn't. There may be an interruption via a phone call at any time because I'm waiting on the vet. Because the vet, I paid three weeks ago for flea treatment and they haven't uh, let me know that it's there. So I rung them to say, Where's the flea treatment? And they were very, uh, 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 Can I call you back? Um, which means we fucked up and didn't order it in anyone's language, so we just see what happens. Anyway, how are you all doing? I hope you're all doing fantastically well. It is Monday, it is the start of a new week, new possibilities, new horizons, yes. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Well, of course, we're going to round out Alicia's Trilogy of Terror Yes, we are. So we'll have Alicia's final story. We're also going to head over to Becca's Reddit corner. For some reason, we'll turn slightly farmerish while saying that. And of course, I'm going to review something paranormal so that you yourself don't have to because, you know, we're all sane here. And of course, we need to say a big thank you to our wonderful team over at Patreon because when you sign up to Patreon, not only... Only are you supporting the show, this little tiny show that runs from a little tiny cave. I don't know why I said that. Um, But also, you get your name sung out and you get access to two additional shows each and every week. Week, week, week. One of them is me, where I just ramble and I ramble and I ramble because I like to talk. And the other is a paranormal patron where we do our very best, our utmost best to stay on track and talk about the paranormal. It's normally me and Becca. Um The next few coming up will sometimes feature Becca, sometimes won't. But that's because we've got this holiday thing coming up. And, yeah, that's about it, really. So let's say a big thank you to our newest, wonderful Patreons. The guitar is well and truly out at, I think, that proves. Anyway, we have two wonderful new Patreons this week. We have Mahela Mahova... Yes, what a lovely name! And Nick Johnson, and this little country song is for you, Mahela Mohovar, Nick Johnson. You've signed up to the Patreon today. It wasn't today; it was through the week. Mahela Mohovar, Nick Johnson. You've signed up to the Patreon today. Was it wasn't today? I'd like to say thank you for signing up, you two. You're keeping the show going, too. I'd like to say thank you to both of you. You're keeping the lights on and making me sing songs, too. Now, for those keeping score, that was Cabin on the 2nd. It was an, it ended on an E-7th. So we do, of course, always end it on a 7th. So a big thank you to Mahela and to Nick. If you'd like to join, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts and you will get access to over, well, nearly 300, it must be over 300 hours now, worth of content. So if you like this type of drivel, you find it funny, you find it background noise, you just find it then, um, yeah, join and get all of that stuff. Why not? Head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. But right now, we need to talk about a paranormal review. <laughs> Yes, it's time for a Paranormal Review where I review something paranormal so you don't have to. And, well, recently I bought a load of second-hand paranormal books and they're dead good, all of them. And I was going to review all of them as a job lot and I thought, no, you can't do that. So I'm going to kind of review them one by one, week on week, if you will. Um, me and Becca on yesterday's Paranormal Patreon discussed the... I think we did yesterday. I'm not sure. Was it just I? I think it was just me, um, discussed the 14 times... I managed to pick up 14 times, volumes 1 to 15, the very first 14 times. So I discussed some of the stories from within those pages and it was dead good and really insightful, I thought. Anyway, another one of the books that I bought, which I'm going to review today... uh, Wait there, let me clarify. I've not read this book totally. I'm up to, like, chapter 5... But it's so interesting, and I always find it interesting when you, you hear about something you didn't know, you know, and for me that's a daily occurrence, because I'm a bit of a thicko, but you know, in, not in terms of the paranormal, I genuinely, and uh, generally even, think I'm um, a bit up to speed, do you know what I mean? So when something new comes along, I'm like, I didn't know that, and that's what's happened here. And the book is called Satan's Mistress by Val Lewis, Right. I'm going to read you the blurb off the back. Now, if this doesn't entice you in, nothing ever will. You ready? This is a candid biography of Joanna Southcott, an 18th century semi-literate peasant girl who prophesied that the world as we know it will end in the year 2004. Now, she clearly got that wrong. During her lifetime, she held such power over 14,000 believers that some refused to make even a simple decision without consulting her. She claimed to have person-to-person conversations with not only God, but Satan too. At 64, insisting she was still a virgin, she announced she was pregnant by the Holy Ghost and the child, Shiloh, was to be the new Messiah. She died in 1814 after apparently giving birth to a spiritual child two days earlier, on christmas day this holy child her disciples said would float about in space until the final millennium which would begin in 2004 when he would become manifest in a divinely chosen body she promised to return to help shula uh, it's spelled s h i l o h Shiloh, Shilo, govern the world along with her faithful followers dead and alive She left as her legacy as a mysterious... Oh, no, this is great, this part. Listen to this. This is what got me hooked. She left as her legacy a mysterious box of sealed prophecies, which explained how people should prepare for the final millennium, stipulating that it could only be opened by 24 bishops of the Church of England who had to spend seven full days and seven full nights studying the contents, in the presence of 24 white-gowned virgins. Over 200 years, this box has steadily gained symbolic significance and probably accounts for why the Southcottian movement is still going strong. Despite all these bizarre claims, Joanna Southcott is an important historical figure of her day illustrating the extreme lengths women, rich and poor, had to go through to achieve respect and independence. She had tremendous charisma, even as a young girl, and was determined to make her mark on the world. In days when to remain a spinster was regarded with contempt, she became an early feminist, fighting for her rights and earning her living as an upholsteress, and publishing her own books. Anyone who crossed her, she put awful curses on. Amongst those unfortunate enough to do so were Mad King George III. I wonder if he was mad before this curse. Mm. And Prime Minister of the Day, William Pitt and Charles Fox, who died suddenly within months of each other. Joanna Southcott still has a significant following today, not only in Britain, but also in New Zealand, Australia, South Africa and the Caribbean, where she is particularly revered. There you go. Did you, have you heard of this lady? Of Joanna Southcott? Because I fucking haven't. And I find the whole thing amazing. And the book itself is beautiful. As in, there's a drawing on the front of her with red eyes. But when you open the first page, it's, it's like there's holes in the front of the page where the eyes are. And the red of her eyes is a wax seal behind the first page, which is her seal, her like... I don't know whether it's her magical seal or just what she would, like, you know, stamp letters with or something. But either way, amazing, truly amazing. I'm, like, five chapters in, and it's dead good, very engrossing. And either way, the cat jumps. She's clearly an interesting and phenomenally historical occultist, if you like. So, yeah, I'd say check it out. Currently, five chapters in of about 50. Uh, But currently, two thumbs to the sky, because, A, I didn't know about her, Two, it's a magnificent story. And three, this box, which can only be opened by 24 bishops in front of however many virgins dressed in white. What a magnificent story. Do you know what I mean? And there are believers all over the world. And I didn't know this existed. Wonderful stuff. So currently, two thumbs up to the sky for Satan's mistress. (laughs) Hooray, it's time for my favourite part of the week. And yes, he says it every week, but he truly means it. It is time for your true paranormal experiences. And this week we round off. Round off. I'm rolling my R's. I had to say that right, otherwise I would have said arse. Anyway. Um, can you roll your ass? Is that a thing? Is that the English equivalent of twerking? I don't know. I'll have to check Urban Dictionary. Anyway. So we are going to continue and complete Alicia's trilogy of terror With her final short but true paranormal experience And Alicia writes for her final tale Story 3 The Pepsi Bottle This story is from 2010-2011 I was living with my now husband Back then, still boyfriend We had a party And no one but me had to work the next day so you can imagine I was up late and there was drinking and food, etc. The next day, tired, I got ready quietly for work and was headed to the kitchen to get my drink and my lunch from the fridge. While I was headed through the dining room to the kitchen, something from the living room caught my eye. I'd done a double take to see my now mother-in-law had fallen asleep on our couch. I had no idea that she'd fell asleep there or had stayed the night for that matter. It scared me at first to see that she was on the couch. She was asleep with her back to me, facing the couch, which was against the wall. There was our coffee table in front of her, and to the right of the couch was sliding glass doors leading to the balcony. In this case, the doors were by her head, since she was sleeping on the couch. No one had picked anything up from the party the night before, so there were still things all over the coffee table and all over the floor. One of those things was an empty two-litre bottle of Pepsi, sitting on the coffee table on the side closest to the sliding doors. When I did a double take to see her on the couch, that empty two-litre bottle, with force, flew right off the coffee table, smacked the sliding glass doors, and bounced back to fall right beside her on the floor by her head. I couldn't believe what I'd just seen. Of course, the sound of it hitting the glass doors and falling by her on the floor woke her up. But she was still half asleep when she rolled over on her back and turned her head to see me standing just out of the hallway and a little in the living room. At first, I think she was mad, thinking I'd done something to wake her up. I tried to tell her it was okay and just go back to sleep. She rolled back to face the wall and quickly fell back asleep. When I got home from work that night, she asked me what happened in the morning, and I told her about the Pepsi bottle, and told her about it flying off the table. She said she only remembered that a sound woke her up, but had no idea what really happened. Sometimes, to this day, we talk about that story, because I think she believes me but wishes she'd seen it for herself. I've no explanation for it, only that something must follow me around. I know what I saw, and I know this was a lot, but thank you for reading, and thank you for your podcasts and what you do. I do have a story or two more, if you'd like to hear those, for another time. But for now, take care, Lisa. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for sending in your true paranormal experiences and, by all means, send in any more that you have. And that goes for everyone. If you have a paranormal experience that you want to share for the show, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. And what I'll do, you see, is I'll read it out because between me and you, that's how the show works. Anyway, also, we'll brush over the fact that I've been calling you Alicia and you signed off the email, Lisa... That's what you do when you split an email into three, you see. You don't get to read the bottom sign-off bit till the very end. So sorry, Lisa, or Alicia. But anyway, Lisa, thank you so much for sending in your stories. Now, by the sounds of it, by, like, collating all three of your experiences, are you being followed by something? Do you have some sort of malevolent force? I mean, that little experience right there, and it was a little experience, but it's not explainable, really, is it? I mean, if you would have said, and the two-litre empty bottle of Coke, or Pepsi, if you will, fell over and spun around. I mean, even that's a bit weird. But flying against a glass door and bouncing off the wall, that's thrown with force. That can't be explained. I mean, also, you could argue as a sceptic, well, an empty plastic bottle is light. You know, you can blow it with force, but not that much force, unless you're like Johnny I don't know what I was going to say there. Johnny Big Lungs. Yeah, that's a thing. Well done, Kev. Good improvisation there, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Anyway, Lisa, thank you. It's interesting, it's paranormal, and I can't put my finger on it. So if you do have any more of these tales, Lisa, then, or, or Alicia, then please do send them in. And you know what? I know for a fact there'll be people out there going, oh my God, wasn't even scary. All that happened was a bottle flew off and hit the wall. Fuck off if that happened to you. You would run out your house and never ever enter it again. Genuinely. Um, I'm being sincere there. I would. I remember once in our old house when I was about maybe 14, um, upstairs in my mum and dad's room, for some reason, they never had a light bulb in that room. And I don't know why. Maybe they just liked the dark. Anyway, they had a three pronged mirror. So, like two little mirrors, either side of a big mirror. And then they were all connected so that the two little mirrors acted as. I don't know, you know, they acted to stand up the bigger mirror in the middle, if you know what I mean, like a concertina sort of thing. Anyway, one night, that mirror, no windows open, no breezes, no nothing. There was a bang from upstairs, so loud, so loud, that we all ran into the outside. We ran outside. There was me, me mum, me sister, and that was it, in the house. And we ran outside into the path. Because something was up, you know, something had physically thrown something upstairs. We didn't know what to do. Uh, thankfully, the cordless phone was just on the inside, and we called me brother, who was just down the road with his mates, and he came up. And when he came up, I went upstairs with him, and that flat, that mirror, had fallen flat onto their dressing unit. But there was no rhyme or reason as to why. I mean, you could argue, well, obviously it was ready to go, and something happened, and blah blah blah. But this is my point. As a story that's not that scary But you know if you experience it You leave the house This is me point So thank you Lisa And yes if you have any more tales like that Send them on in But right now I think it's time We travel to that dark and dingy But lovely and beautiful area Which is owned by none other than Becca Ladies and gentlemen Now it is time For Paranormal Reddit Corner With with Becca. Becca Okay, so it is that time of the day. Oh, I'm just sitting on something crinkly, one sec. It was a literal bag of Doritos. Can I look? at... Not
1: up? a metaphorical bag of Doritos.
0: No, <laughs> no, not a mess up? No, should I be looking in your direction for the reason that bag of Doritos was there?
1: Nope, neighbor's cat.
0: Neighbor's cat. Poor TNC getting the blame for everything. Um, you once again, if you if you are a regular to this show in general. You'll know that when certain, a very particular sort of event comes along, a very particular sort of event takes place, and it happens to be children's birthday parties. <laughs> not people's 21st, not people's 30th, not people's 40th, not people's weddings, not people's baptisms and bar mitzvahs, whatever you wish. But when a child celebrates a birthday party, one of us tends to start drinking when the birthday party starts. Now, remember, it's children. It's going to be between 12 a.m., 12 a.m., 12 noon and 2 p.m. And they will then bounce through the door between 12 a.m. and 3 p.m., as is their right, because they're a human adult being. And one of us... Well, we both went to a lovely, lovely child's birthday party yesterday, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And one of us was sat at home with a takeaway watching Mitch Hedberg's comedy special at around 8pm, alone. And the other one of us was not.
1: I had kids party hard, honestly.
0: Honest to God, it's like, <laughs> I, I, it, it's so predictable. Like, even in the days <laughs> leading up, I was like, so is this a kids party where you're coming home with me or a kids party where you're going to be, like, in town until three? was <laughs> Like, the, the kid, by the way, how old was the kid? Two. Two. <laughs> it was two. Like, honestly, I knew, I knew there was... I mean, oh, Becca normally has a five-drink limit. And in all fairness to the way we used to drink, Becca's five-drink limit is something which has stayed. Um, and fair play to her. And But I knew where this was heading. Doesn't, because It doesn't apply
1: to daytime it drinking. It doesn't apply
0: to dra- daytime drinking because Becca's got this group of girls who all meet on a Tuesday night and they all bring their own bottle of Prosecco but whoever hosts also make sure they've got more than ample Prosecco in.
1: Yeah, you've always got a couple of extra bottles.
0: So they all drink at least a bottle of Prosecco and blah, blah, blah. So therefore, when we have one of these parties.
1: I mean, that's not true. We don't always drink at least a bottle of Prosecco. That's, oh, no, no, that's, no, no, no. That's no, no. certainly not no, true. No, but the
0: option's there for people who wanted to. Yeah. So when one of these kids' parties comes along, um, that's to do with this. Uh, but just call yourself the board of directors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's quite funny actually when we when we hosted the girls night yeah, um, someone had done a board of directors menu hadn't they like,
1: yeah it was um, it was before we went out for the bingo wasn't it the drinking bingo yeah, we did um, gin, I did a bellini no, a gin, bar and a gin tasting a gin thing. tasting
0: yeah in the house and the thing is it's not because everyone is a director of a firm or something it's because this group of the, these girls in this whatsapp group if one of them has an issue they take it to the board
1: well, no, so everyone does that, but it came from, we saw this tweet that we thought was really funny from this guy that said, when your girl's all right about something, but then she comes back later and she's mad, it means she's spoken to the boards and they aren't happy. Yeah, yeah. And we just thought it was really funny, this idea of like, because that's exactly what happens. Yeah, like, yeah. you might be like, you kind of say something not loud to your mates and they're like, what? No, that's not all right. And then you kind of march back, back in. in. That's Attitude change. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I'm not happy with yeah, this. Yeah, poor at all. guy
0: thought I was sorted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yesterday it was like a bit obvious that where this was heading because, as I say, when it's a party party, everyone does bring like, especially girls. I'm not being sexist here, but your group of girls anyway will all bring a bottle of prosecco. Yeah. Becca ups the ante by bringing um, what's what's the liqueur you bring? So you can have Bellinis.
1: Well, yesterday it was cherry brandy. cherry brandy to make cherry
0: bellinis. To make cherry bellinis. So anyway, so everyone's brought their own bottle of brand of um, prosecco. Um, I note within the first forty minutes, Beckers has gone. Um, so Beckers. It, hadn't. it had. It hadn't. Well, you drank it was in a the bottle. Fridge? Yeah, yours might have been in the fridge, but all the bottles were going round topping you up. You'd had over a bottle in the first forty minutes. I had
1: absolutely not had over a bottle in the first forty minutes. You There's had.
0: no chance. And I'll tell you that why that because they small glasses, the and glasses? therefore you think, well, i may as well down that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what you think, right? Like,
1: so they're really tiny little plastic prosecco glasses. That, so anyway, but
0: come five o'clock when I decided it was time. So three hours later, when I decided, I decided a decision needed to be made whether I was staying or going. There was one bottle of prosecco left. And the conversation between you, and I said, listen, I'm going to go to the Lou. Are you staying out or are you coming home? Um, and then when I came back from the toilet, the decision was made they were just, that they were staying out. Mm-hmm. Um, the board was in session. The board was in session, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you had a good night, didn't you? Yeah, okay. And in all fairness, you, you, compared to the last, I mean, the last one.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, did, I overdid it. The, the, last
0: the last one was not, yeah. there was All right. Yeah, it was like, you were like a dodging car when you got in. <laughs> Um, and you literally have never Kev, all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just public shut up yeah,
0: very true anyway uh, but I that's... don't shame you yeah that's true just don't drink and b- believe me i shame myself um, but last night you were fine yeah you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: yeah, no I didn't I, I didn't completely overdo it which I was, was surprising because
0: you got in about two o'clock so you'd had a good no tw- it was midnight it wasn't midnight it was no my life it wasn't midnight it was yeah but it was at least one
1: no, I think it was, honestly, it was around Well, it was a
0: solid 10 hours drinking anyway, put it that way. There's a lulling conversation here whilst we establish some... It was
1: between 12 and 1.
0: I was, not really Anyway, um, but yeah, did you have a good time?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. And as as that's all the yeah, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't you know, you've, you've got to celebrate these birthdays. You do
0: have to, yeah. and I kind of enjoyed them a bit because there's also... From a a couple relationship standpoint, you know, for example, if, as you all, as you guys all know, if you and your partner go for a meal, say, with another couple, if come nine o'clock, you're like, I'm not feeling this, you can't stand up at the restaurant table and go, I'm going home, Mm -hmm. you carry on, whereas it's allowed in these kids things, because there's often another single person there at least who wants to carry on drinking and Mm -hmm. you want to carry on drinking and... And it's fine for me to say, right? You know, I've shown me face, going home. Yeah, you crack on, and yeah. there's no hard feelings, and it's good. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. None of that's paranormal, apart from the fact that you that you were up at eight o'clock this morning, mm-hmm. and I was up at eleven. I know. I and you one to play Like, I... was
1: it a big night for
0: you? Was it? <laughs> no. Well, I had one... well, I wait up till you get in. Um, so it was one o'clock, and then I stayed up a bit more because, well. Did you always do. You no. were
1: waiting up for me. You always. I, I,
0: I, I was waiting up. I do wait up for you when you go out. But then also, I'd left you some fried food mm. that I'd like takeaway. Yeah. And you shouted up. Make sure I don't fall asleep down here. So I came back down at half two, and you'd fell asleep. <laughs> yeah.
1: So <laughs> I'm glad I said that to you because I thought there was a risk I was going to fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. And, you did. and
0: didn't want to stay down here. So I got to sleep about half three, and then I woke up at eleven. So it's technically seven hours, but anyway. And none of this is scary. Other than people who probably don't drink, who are listening to the amount we imbibe. Anyway, we are here, of course, for Becca's The corner. Oh, just to address something on the Facebook gr- gr- group. One of our very, very good um, fans, contributors, and listeners, Catherine Bird. Hello, Catherine. Say hello to Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Um, she was like, "Cruise when?" Anyway, soon. Um, f- soon. And for those who don't know. We're going on a cruise to the States. Yee-haw! Um, we're going to New York. Well, in other words, we're not. It's a, like a, a two-week cruise. We're actually going to the Bahamas and take some KCOS and loads of other places. Dominican Republic. Yeah. Very lucky people. And one Shoot of the places excited. is New York. But in Kev's head, I'm going to New York.
1: Yeah, you have completely fixated on New York. Yeah,
0: the rest of it, I'm not asking. Awesome. <laughs> um But... We are going in a couple of weeks, so there's going to be, like I've said before, and I have said this before, just so that nobody's surprised, there's going to be two weeks without Wintag. <gasps> I
1: know.
0: Patrons, Patreons will still get their Patreon shows, because they should, as is the law. Um, but yeah, it should be a two-week break, you know, and absence makes the heart code fonder.
1: Yeah, I think you're entitled to a two-week break, because unlike... The dark paranormal. You don't do seasons on winter, exactly, like It's just yeah. like it's, an ongoing it's thing. It's a fifty-two
0: week a year show. Yeah. Literally. So. so, so uh, you yeah, two, a, a two-week break within a fifth within a year is all right. Anyway, so we're here, of course, because we're in your corner, and you're going to tell us a story from Reddit. Now, given that although you're not pissed or hungover, you're also not a hundred percent. So we may have to do some bearing, but. You might fly through it. We'll see. Anyway, let's see. This is the story. Thank
1: you. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Hooray! This story is titled "Anyone Else Think People Don't Know They're Dead?"
0: Again with the cadence. I knew it was a question. You're very good at public speaking, aren't you? Thank you. Yeah. Let's begin. Let's begin.
1: I hear so many stories about people who recently died being seen in their homes or jobs as if they were still alive, and I think it's fascinating. One close to me was my mum's aunt. She had cancer and died within months of finding out. A few weeks later, the mailman approached her house with a package. He knocked on the door, but no one answered. Then he got closer to the window. That window has a view of the living room, but you can see the kitchen from afar. And sure enough, he saw movement in the kitchen, a woman who seemed busy. He knocked on a window and the woman approached close enough for him to notice she was an old lady and she was pointing him to go next door. Then she went back to the kitchen, this time out of view. The mailman assumed it was not the first time that the package was being dropped wrongfully on her door so he headed next door where there was a lady right outside. The lady was her daughter, my mum's cousin. The mailman asked if she had a package and she said no. The mailman explained that the lady next door pointed him to her house. She told him that house was empty. The mailman assured her there was an old lady in there. Maybe someone got inside. She got her keys right there and then to make sure no one had broken in, and her shock was immense when she smelled her mum's perfume, and yet the house was as empty as she left it.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. I said you know what? The on the Dark Paranormal, the Patreon show for that, it's called Dark Bites. Mm. And it's a series of shorter stories. Because short stories for me can be some of the most terrifying stories you'll hear.
1: And as we always say, the length of the story is not indicative
0: of the truthfulness. Yeah, how do you know that?
1: What do you mean how do you know that? Because you used to record it here, that's what I heard every time.
0: It's the length of your story should not be indicative of how truthful nor how terrifying your experience truly was. Yes. That's the saying we have in Dark Mm Bites. And it's true. But it's also, it's, it's because, you know, I've thought about this, why it's the case that a shorter story is more um terrifying and i think i think there's two reasons one it's short so it sticks in your brain
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's easy to remember two they're often vague so you can picture that your, your your imagination can picture things better mm. and also because they're so short they're normally succinct so therefore that was very very visual
1: yeah it's just like in fact out
0: exactly yeah mm-hmm. and it makes it more it does it does uh, it's, it's an other phrase i use often but it it adds an air of authenticity, which I think is hard to fake. Mm. You know, because there's certain facts like you wouldn't fake. Yeah, it, it, They sound like stories you're told in a pub. The, the, the perfect ghost story for me is that it's something that you'd be told over a pint and you could either change topic or ask questions. Mm. You know, it's not like where somebody sits down and goes, so when I was 14, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, where's this going?
1: Imagine being dead and still going to the office. I got it.
0: Would you, though? Because as, as, as I've said to you... I mean, yeah, in fact. I think that, that would be stone tape theory, I would imagine. Whereas that is a... Is a you know, that's something sentient, delivering a message to a postman. Yeah. But like as I've established to you, I've since becoming a solo worker, and working alone, and working in a dark win- office with no windows, and speaking to no one but you, and um, a therapist per week, mainly. I'm really missing the social interaction you get in an office. Mm. So maybe a ghost being in an office is, but they would at the same time they would have to have gone through that journey of realization, which is doubtful. It's not like I think they die in October and then come next May they arrive back in the office and go. Turns out it was fucking lonely. But, um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you would just be ghost when you if you were, like still doing the commute, like still yeah, getting on oh the bus God. when you're dead. <laughs> ghost on a
0: bus is a, a thing too. I've, I've heard
1: ghost on a bus.
0: <laughs> Goats on a bus. Sounds like a film. Mm-hmm. Goats on a bus. Now, I've heard there's a, a famous Liverpool story about um, a, a, a certain cemetery. In fact, do you know what cemetery it is? You know the one we drive past that most, well, not most days. You know when we're going to Smith Down, step, Yeah. And there's a cemetery on the right mm. as you're driving down. Yeah. There's a bus stop there. All right. And of a night, apparently, someone gets on. And if you're on a double deck, if you're driving the double decker, this like shoddy looking guy gets on and goes on the top deck mm. and doesn't get off. Never gets
1: and... off. Are we sure it's not a murdering bus driver? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> People keep getting on this bus Could not be, getting yeah. off. It's like Everyone's that, um, like, oh, it must be ghosts and he's it, like, well, It's ha-ha.
0: the paranormal equivalent of that only feels an enormousist joke where um, the granddad says he used to work at a suitcase, uh, sorry, he used to work at a Hitachi suitcase factory and uh, he bought himself one and every day when he was leaving the office, the security guard would make him open this case and see that he had not stolen anything from the office. Mm. And he was there 15 years. Um, and he got a plaque to say, well done. Um, but he'd also stolen like 1,400 briefcases because right. every day he'd just go and pick up a new one, get a check on the way out of all that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So any comments on this tale?
1: Um. Yes, someone says... Honestly, it seems like this is the case for most hauntings. They play out some action that happened when they died, or something they did many times. At least looking at the more well documented cases. Um, but else... see, but that
0: doesn't. That, but that would imply that that was a stone tape ghost you seen, mm. which means all this woman done while she was alive was points of postman, which is very doubtful. Mm. Um,
1: someone else says from the encounters I've had, I'd say a lot of people don't know, or maybe they refuse to acknowledge. I also think there are others who make a conscious choice to stick around. Being somewhat of an atheist myself, I've always wondered if those who actually believe in heaven go to a place they've created in their minds,
0: yep, while those shout.
1: while those who don't continue on as before, i.e., their heaven is here on earth.
0: That's an excellent shout. It, it, it ties in with my topper idea that like God mm. didn't exist, the devil didn't exist. We mm. created them as men, like, and I mean as men, as in like the Council of Nicaea, mm. not being sexist. Um, I've often said, "Women of the superior race, uh, or sex." But um, yeah, I think that maybe you know, think about it. Hours and hours and hours of daily prayer to a god we've created by millions of people across the globe might have created this tulpa god. We've created a deity. We've created an entity. Therefore, we've created heaven. We've created hell. You know, it's that. It's it's the sort of.
1: But if you created God and God created the earth. You've got, you a bit of a chicken and egg situation, haven't you?
0: Then it's cyclic, yeah. yeah it's what a very came good first? I mean, there is the idea that, what is true, which is fascinating, is that the very idea of, well, the very idea of an idea creates energy. So although I'm not, definitely not one of these, put it out there and it comes back, although I've got some evidence to that effect, um, I am not a believer in that. But there is evidential proof that a thought creates energy. As minuscule as it is, you know, like when you think of something as a, a little tiny sliver of whatever has been created and put out there, I'm not suggesting it goes to a receptionist who files through these thoughts and goes, We'll give them that one, we won't give them that one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Any other comments? No. No. I think there might have be been other comments, it's just Becca's really tired.
1: <laughs> we are done with this now. We are done with this
0: now. Okay, well, thank you as ever for allowing us you into your. um, your pit of Doritos. You're welcome. And um, we shall... Will we speak to you next week? Yes, we will, for the final one prior ah. to the cruise. Final one. Final one. Final
1: one, final one. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca.
0: Oh. What? Oh, no, no, it's fine. I just felt like I'm making a weird noise. Okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh Becca. I can't do it. You used to do a really good Frank Spencer.
1: Yeah, you've always thought that.
0: Oh, Bessie, what have I done? No, oh, that was terrible. It was awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, me. I'm getting confused with Kenneth Williams. Anyway, I'm going to leave it now before you get a load of shit impressions.
1: Tell bye, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>